Welcome to another exciting episode of Talking Ball, y'all. We got two great guests on tonight as we are uh, trying to get sports underway. Uh, there has been some live sports going on uh, with no fans, limited of fans here in the past couple uh, past couple weeks. So, uh, got baseball just around the corner, and we're trying to get uh, hopefully some high school football played here in the state of Mississippi. Once again, we got two great guests tonight. Just sit back and enjoy. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're adding new services and personnel every day. Please welcome Kimberly Carver, FNPC, to the Highland Pediatric and Primary Care Rural Health Clinic. She's another addition to our expanding family of service providers. Please call 601-358-9765 to schedule an appointment. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. Once again, we're joined tonight by Ben Ingram, a member of the Braves Radio Network. And Ben, thanks for taking time for the podcast. We're always super appreciative when you'll jump on a call with us. Absolutely. My pleasure. Glad to be on with, with you guys back in Mississippi. Ben, when you look at the Braves' expectations, of course, a a lot has changed with the season and with the shortened season, but the expectations of the Braves when you come into this shortened season, uh, have they changed any going uh, if it was a full season, so to speak? Do you think uh, the expectations have changed? No, I, I think the expectations are still the same. I mean, when we got to spring training this year, this team was talking about the World Series. And I think 30 teams might say that when they get down to spring training, but I think maybe only a third of that really believe that they have an opportunity, that they really have a shot. I think this team legitimately feels like they have a shot. I think when you take what they were able to accomplish last year, add the pieces that they were able to add, I think you'd like to say that that should be a team that can compete and go extremely deep. Now here we are four months later, and things are a little bit different in terms of a shortened season, uh, Cole Hamels is not going to be available to you to begin the season. Felix Hernandez has opted out, uh, things like that. But uh, I, I think what you view as the strength of this team, by and large, is still there, and, and that's that's good news. I, I think that the biggest challenge is going to be the fact that you just don't get a whole lot of separation over a span of, of 60 games. So my expectation is for this team to be very good, to be a contender, but given that there's just not a lot of time to get much separation, I expect four out of five teams in this division uh, to really be bottlenecked right at the top. I mean, it, it's going to make this thing a crapshoot, not just in our division. I think the AL East will be like that. I think the AL Central will be like that. I think the AL West will be like that. I think there's a chance that the NL Central could be like that as well. Uh, but I, I see all those divisions as divisions with three and four major contenders. And over 60 games, you might have all four of those teams jam-packed within three or four games of each other. That wouldn't shock me at all. So while the expectations for how good this team could be have not changed, I, I do feel like it's going to be a lot tougher to be uh, a team that's good enough to create some major separation and feel like you can lead the pack all season. And when you look at a shortened season and then the different social distancing and safety measures being taken, what about this staff or leadership on the team uh, do you think will serve the Braves well this year in a unique situation? Well, you, you've got – this team is so interesting because you've got the uh, – you've got the normal guys who are kind of your sheriffs, if you will, in the clubhouse. Freddie Freeman, of course, is one of those guys. I would have thrown Nick Markakis on that list, but he's obviously not here anymore. Um, I, I'd say that, that Tyler Flowers is one of those guys. I'd say that Ender Inciarte is one of those guys. 
you've got all that. But a, another dynamic of this is you've got a bunch of young players, but they're young players who have been up at the big leagues for two and three years. And we've seen Acuna, Albies, Soroka, Swanson. We've seen those guys around for three years now. Uh, and, and, and while they might be 23, 24, 25 years old, I look more along the lines of a player's tenure in the big leagues more so than their actual age. And I think these guys are, are very experienced, very veteran young men. Uh, I'd throw Max Fried in that as well. So I think those two two dynamics coming together is, is certainly going to help in, in so many ways, whether they be, that be on or off the field, uh, leading this team through good times, tough times, challenging situations, and everything that comes with a baseball season. So I, I don't see a single situation that could come their way where they would not have the right personnel uh, the right ingredients, the right chemistry uh, to, to lead an entire team through whatever that hurdle might be. So I think they're really set up in a good position from that standpoint. And I'd say the coaching staff is, is certainly a good addition to that as well. Ben, when you look at the ceiling or the cap for a guy like Acuna, I mean, you you have a front row seat and um, just blessed to be able to watch this guy. What What is the cap or the ceiling when you – when you look at how talented he is and what he's already produced at such a young age. Ronald, and I don't get to say this too many times, Ronald Acuna is the kind of guy who can be legitimately as good as he wants to be. And so long as he is taking the game seriously, taking um, his progression seriously, having a good time, uh, finding little things to challenge himself to, to continue to be better and better, he can go out there and be an MVP-like player. Uh, I don't see why he could not be an MVP in this league. Uh, that's how talented he is. And, and the thing is, he's so young, and it's amazing to say that about anybody, but especially someone as young as he is. Uh, so, so that's uh, – while the team is looking at him to be a leader, uh, certainly statistically, uh, I, I think at the same time he has to just be himself. And, and that's a, a guy who's going to just have a blast playing the game of baseball. He does all that. Uh, and doesn't lose sight of that, then you'd say sky's the limit. And, and you can set limits for certain guys who are really, really good players. So it's very rare where you'd say a guy is so good, so talented, and so young that he can just accomplish anything, anything that he wants to accomplish in the game of baseball. It, it's truly amazing. And I, I can't wait to hear what we're saying about Acuna uh, 10 years, 12 years, 15 years from now uh, when we're getting towards the back end of his career because I think he's got the potential – to reach some incredible personal milestones, uh, to achieve some some uh, very special individual awards, but more than anything, be a key cog in a team that is a challenger for the World Series uh, more times than not over the course of his career. I hope that that's the case. Ben, of course, your attachment to the club, being on the radio network and having the pleasure of calling uh, these games. The future really bright. I mean, you're a young broadcaster. You have to be certainly excited about what you see with the deals that Albies and Acuna have already signed, long-term deals, club, really club-friendly deals, and then you've already mentioned Soroka and Freed at the front of that pitching staff. Would you trade the future uh, for the Braves with any other organization, really, when you look at those four guys in particular? There might be a couple of organizations that could be in the conversation, but as far as just an all-out, yes, I'll trade this for that team's whatever, I don't know that that's an easy decision to make. And 
And, and you're right. It's good to know that you have so much young talent. It makes my job a lot easier when they're good. I can promise you that much. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I think of uh, broadcasters who have broadcasted 25, 30, 35, 40 years who have you know been with teams that just rarely put out contenders. Uh, then I think of other broadcasters who've worked for nothing but really good teams. It certainly makes our job a lot easier uh, when they're winning and they're good. So it, it's set up to be good for a while because you've got an ace in the making in Mike Soroka. I think he could make that jump this year. Uh, and I don't, I don't just throw around that word. I'd say that all 30 teams in Major League Baseball have a number one starter, but not every team has an ace. I think Soroka is becoming an ace in this league and should be for years to come. He's going to be the youngest uh, opening day starter in franchise history. I mean, we're talking about a franchise that's been around since the 1870s. Uh, so that's going to be something historic that we're going to see this year. Uh, he's young. Freed is young. Acuna's young. Swanson's young. Albies is young. Uh, more of these pitchers that are on their way, like Tukey and uh, Kyle Wright and others whom we've seen for a little while, they're young as well. And it, it's a it's a farm system that's still top five in Major League Baseball in prospects. So, uh, they're set up to not only be good now, but to be good for a while. And that's it, a good point that you bring up about the team-friendly deals that Acuna and Albies have because those are guys that I don't, I don't want to get two, three years down the road and have to worry about losing or, or paying the bank to. They went ahead and locked those guys up, and that's great news. And uh, good for the fans to know that those guys will be uh, yours. They'll be your guys for a long time. And uh, it, it gives you a lot of confidence with what this team has and creating a really – uh, talented nucleus that should be the strength of this ball club for several years. And some of the challenges that COVID-19, of course, you personally have uh, already faced the virus with, with your personal case, but the things that it's created from a broadcaster standpoint, who I know likes to get around the guys in the dugout, find out for yourself some things before you go on the air, some challenges and then some ways that y'all have already found to overcome those challenges as a radio network. That, that's going to be the thing that I miss the most. I'm going to miss not being able to go, the, uh, go down to the cage, uh, watch the guys have conversations here and there, peruse through the clubhouse, uh, chat with a guy about maybe something that I picked up on or noticed. Uh, going into Snit's office, I mean, Snit is so good. We're, we're so blessed to have a, a good guy as a manager. Uh, we can go into Snit's office, myself, Joe, Jim, the TV crew, and we just hang out in there for 15, 20 minutes and just talk baseball. And some of the best information that I get comes from just hanging out with those guys and listening. I'm, I'm going to miss that a lot this year. I know that media relations is doing their best to make those guys as available as they can. I know there'll be zoom press conferences and zoom media scrums, but it's just not the same. It's not near as intimate. It's you want to have those one-on-one opportunities and there's a few guys here and there that I could text and maybe ask a question, but again, it's just not the same. So uh, I know that those are things that uh, those are elements to our broadcast that we just won't have this year uh, that would, that we've had it, you know, every other year and hopefully we'll have again next year, but that's just part of where we are in 2020. And you just hope you get as much as you can from those zoom calls because those, that, those one-on-one interactions won't be available to us. Ben, if we're talking to you in uh, late October and things are still really going well for the Braves, what do you think would have had to uh, happen this year for this club? I would say that three, four, five in the rotation came along and uh, they were able to compete at a much more consistent clip than we thought that they would. I've got no reservations at all about one and two in the rotation. I think Freed and Soroka 
uh, are obviously going to be really good. I think they can go head-to-head with just about anybody. And I like where they are, one and two. Three, four, five is going to have to find a way to be consistent. And when you're talking about Cole Hamels not being available to start the season, Felix Hernandez has opted out. Uh, I know they signed Jolice Chassin today, and maybe that's somebody who could jump in there. But uh, as it stands now, you're talking about Sean Newcomb uh, in the in the three spot in your rotation, Mike Fulton Evich four, and Kyle Wright fifth. Well, I'm a big Kyle Wright fan, and he's got everything out in front of him because we, we've we've hardly seen him, and I know how talented he could be. But we've seen Fulton and Newcomb a lot to the point where their inconsistency, in my opinion, has become their identity. I, I thought for a while that maybe that inconsistency was something that they could uh, play their way out of and, and grow out of, but that hasn't really taken place. Uh, and, and it's gotten to the point now where I feel like that's just who they are. So you need those guys to be very consistent. They've got to be solid. Uh, it, it's going to be very tough in a 60-game season to take on the likes of the Aces that you're going to face when you only have two pitchers who are consistently giving you what you need every five days. So if, if this team is a division winner, if they're playing in October, I would say that Newcomb and Fulton Evans both, and Kyle Wright for that matter, came along, pitched extremely strong, and, and uh, just passed that baton that was handed to them from Soroka and Freed. Ben, we hope to be visiting with you back in October uh, this year, and we appreciate you taking time for the podcast. Man, continued success and continue uh, doing a bang-up job on these broadcasts. Well, I appreciate it. Good to hear from you guys, as always, and uh, feel free to have me on any time. I'd love to do it again. Thank you, Ben. You got it. Your family's health is our mission. At Highland Community Hospital and in partnership with Forest Health Systems, we're reshaping the mammography experience. We are the only facility in the region offering a 3D mammogram with the lowest patient dose of radiation, all with increased comfort and confidence. Our goal is quality care for you and your family through the compassionate application of advanced medicine. Highland Community Hospital, the best choice for your family. We're excited tonight to get to visit with Tyler Cleveland here on the podcast. Tyler, thanks for taking time for the podcast. We appreciate you. Hey, thank you guys, man. I really always appreciate it. Love the show. Tyler, tell us uh, about your latest opportunity, man, with SB Live. Just talk to our listeners, kind of explain the concept, and then we'll dive deeper into it. Okay. Well, uh, I'll start at last summer. Um I got laid off from the Clarion Ledger in February of 2019. And what I wanted to do, what I got, I hatched this idea in my head is I wanted to start a website that would cover high school sports in Mississippi the way it should be covered and, you know, bring in all the coaches associations and the uh, MHSAA and get this thing to where the kids that had good stories weren't getting lost in the shuffle because local newspapers were cutting back their coverage. Well, I never could get it off the ground. I tried and tried and tried. Couldn't do it. Went to work for a year, and about a month ago, I got a call from this company, SB Live, and said they were wanting to start a site in Mississippi, and the way they described it to me sounded exactly like what I wanted to do the summer before. And so I jumped on board with them, and our plan is to go at high school football coverage the way that the statewide newspaper used to, you know, 20 years ago with game coverage and features on players and be a place to go for scores and stats and, you know, just Mississippi stories. 
and that's what we've been working towards. And, you know, we've got a lot of work to do between now and the current projected date of the start of the season. But it's been fun so far, and I'm really excited about it. So, Tyler, of course, Jeff and I broadcast on Friday nights and cover Popperville uh, football along with, with doing this podcast. And there's already a site we use to go find uh, stats and rosters. But what I hear you say is that now we'll have a website to go to that's going to have our schedules, our stats, our rosters, and then also some game stories to go along with that. That's the plan. Uh, game stories, and I'm really looking for really good feature stories. So, oh, okay. uh, and you, so you guys keep an eye out for those down there in Popperville and throw them my way if you, if you find them. Uh, you know, there's all these kids with these amazing stories. I mean, you may have uh, a tailback who, let's just say, you know, has been living with his grandparents for five years and his grandma is raising him. And, you know, they didn't have money to pay for college, but he's played so well that he's starting to get looks from, you know, SWAC schools or some other FCS programs or something. That's a great story. You know what I mean? And th- those kind of stories happen across Mississippi all the time. Um, and, you know, that's 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 what we want to hone in on. Uh, it's very important on Friday night. Everybody knows that buzz Friday night about 10 o'clock and you're trying to look at all the scores and you're seeing who did what and how many yards little Johnny went for, you know, for Clinton, who's, you know, been the player of the year. I mean, you got to have that stuff and we're going to, um, but we really do want to dig a little bit deeper if we can and just get past the stats and scores uh, where there's an opportunity to. Man, that sounds great. You, you described and just waiting for that uh, Saturday paper to be able to catch up on what, all uh, went on across the state. That was a awesome time back in the day to be able to do that, and that surely is a, a gap that's missing. And before we started recording, you already said you've got several stringers uh, lined up a- across the state to take care of some of these stories. Yeah, well, that's what we want to do. We want to get we want to gather the information um, and then disseminate it to everybody. I mean, I, I also made the analogy earlier about a little ESPN which is kind of what we're hoping for. Uh, I want you to be able to go there and find stories on what interests you. Um, and, you know, if that's your school, your team will have a homepage there. And any story that mentions your team is going to show, you know, it's going to be tagged to that page. So you'll be able to follow, you know, throughout the season, uh, you know, the progress of your team. And then, like you said, the stats and schedules and all that will be there. So, uh, just kind of like ESPN does. I mean, it's 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 very similar concept, except it's hyper local, focused on Mississippi and telling Mississippi stories. Yeah, I went there earlier just prepping um, for this interview and was able to go in, search Comperville. It came right up, and then I believe I was able to follow them, or I don't know what the process there, but I was able to kind of choose them. Is is what you're saying there, and it was super easy to do. Yeah, and I think once we get that going, you should. Eventually, we're going to develop an app. Um, it's what we've been working on right now um, as we move towards the season. Not not, not the uh, digital expertise. I <laughs> I for <laughs> the season, but the company is is working on developing an app. And once that's up, you'll be able to go in there and select your team, and you'll get alerts for scores and stuff like that. Um, that's that's ultimately the goal. 
I mean, we're trying to bring the sports coverage into the 21st century um, and and do it in a way that, that outlets aren't doing anymore, um, which is, you know, just, just be the place you go for everything. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, Tyler, earlier, just not being able – you look at the Sun-Herald, and we've had Patrick McGee on our show uh, at least a couple times, probably more than that. And then we've had Patrick Oates on now, the SID at Pearl River Community College. When those guys were down, both working for the Sun-Herald, those were two guys. I think that's when now they're down to McGee now that Oates is at PRCC. And down our way, they were be 10 or 12 games where you wish a writer was, and they just couldn't get there. So that's, y'all are definitely filling that gap. Oh, it's the same. It's the same at the Northeast Mississippi Daily Journal and Tupelo. Um, they're still putting out a great sports section. It's hyper local, though. You know what I mean? They've got, they've probably got 12 teams in their coverage area. Um, and they do as good a job as you can expect for, you know, one or two people uh, working 40 hours a week to cover. And I don't, you know, there's no knock on what they're doing. The people that are still in it and doing it right, like hats off to them, especially people like Patrick, one man band on the coast like that. Um, you know, cause he's got a bunch of teams in that coverage area and, you know, they've asked him to put on a, a news reporter hat. Um, I certainly sure. don't envy him. Um, he's a good friend of mine. I shouldn't go on about it, but he's a, uh, you know, guys like him get put in an impossible situation and, uh, you know, it's tough to find good stringers to cover games, uh, but there are people out there, especially a bunch of retired sports writers out there now, um, that will do it on a Friday night, and that's what we've done. We're going to put it together, and I'm hoping to cover between 10 and 15 games uh, every Friday night and then, you know, be able to do some fun stuff with the rest of them, working them into a roundup or doing like a region-by-region region story, that kind of thing. Uh, just to get as many, as you know, as much news out there as they can about these things. Tyler, you mentioned at the beginning, you know, the partnerships. Tell us again about two key partnerships that are going to help this um, certainly get off the ground. And then uh, anybody that's ever dealt with coaches, I, I love them to death, but sometimes you've kind of got to urge them a little bit to do <laughs> the right thing. But you've got two good partnerships that may nudge them in the right direction. Well, that was the plan. The first partnership that SD Live uh, came to an agreement on, and that was before they even brought me on, was with the MHSAA. Um, and they partnered with the MHSAA to be the official online stat keepers for high school sports in Mississippi. Um, Don Hinton has been very gracious so far in, uh, you know, helping us along and asking us what we need and uh, then the second one was with the Mississippi Association of Coaches and Johnny Mims. Uh, Johnny has been instrumental so far in helping us. Uh, you know, a lot of the people around, you know, I, that's why they reached out to me because I know so many of these coaches and have been covering this for so long. But Johnny has opened doors for me, to, uh, introduced me to people I didn't know, um, put me in touch with coaches all over the state. Many of them I've walked through the process of claiming their team and setting up the rosters and schedules and stuff. Um, and all the coaches I've talked to have been, you know, pretty, pretty excited about it, uh, because they, you know, really want the coverage and, and two, uh, you know, have been, I've got good feedback about the usability on their side of things, which I was, you know, obviously worried about on the front end. Cause I, like I said, I'm not really like a, uh, a digital 
expert. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not going to be building any websites, but that's where these folks at SB Live come in. They've been fantastic. Uh, every suggestion that I have given them to make the site more accessible, they've been very open to. Um, and I, you know, I'm just, I'm just glad somebody is, you know, stepping up to make this happen. So Tyler, when you, you, you mentioned claim a team, I saw that on the site. That's what I was trying to word earlier. That's why you're the writer and I'm on the other side of this tablet, <laughs> but, uh, claim a team. So we do have coaches that, uh, listen to this show from week in, week out for whatever reason, but they do. And so we appreciate them. How would they, uh, uh, a short and simple on how they would actually go in and claim their team and maybe upload a roster or what that would look like from their perspective? That's pretty simple. I mean, you just go to the website, which is uh, mississippi.scorebooklive.com, uh, and you will, you know, it's it's pretty self-explanatory. There's a teams tab at the top, uh, and it will give you an option if you're a coach or if you're a scorekeeper or an AD. Uh, if you're an AD, you can claim the school, and then, you know, you have one coach that puts in scores for football, one for basketball, one for baseball. It's all pretty self-explanatory on there. Um, and then, you know, after the game, you can do it from an iPad or a cell phone or whatever you have. Uh, you just go log in to the site and, uh, you know, you'll get a username and a password to access your team and you can do it from your cell phone. You can do it from your cell phone on the bus on the way back from a road trip. Um, you know, we, we don't expect coaches to do things that fast, you know, you're familiar with the current system. Sometimes it takes until Sunday, sometimes until Monday morning. Hoping we'll have, you know, better participation on a Friday night. We're definitely going to have scores on a Friday night. And then, you know, when I get up Saturday morning and, uh, you know, see who's, see what scores are, you know, I don't think there'll be any missing uh, scores. But, you know, as far as stats are concerned, then I'll kind of go back and, you know, I'll try to touch base with people early on if it's not happening. We just we really want it to be complete because we want it to be an, an accurate online record of the games that happen here. Um, because currently we don't really have that. Uh, we have official scorebooks, um, but they're mostly books, and we'd like to have it. We like to have it complete. Um, so there will be an account of this. I mean, you know, there's some kids that won't ever be famous. You know what I mean? This is this is this is their this is their big show, and we want it to we want it to feel like it for them. You know, Tyler, and you you was uh, talking about the coaches going in there and doing things. As far as like uh, you know, and this you might have answered it in in uh, that whole answer you gave, but as besides the guys that you've got gonna gonna be at the games, who's gonna enter? the individual stats for like rushing yards, uh, yards on a, you know, a carry touchdowns and all that, who, who, who will kind of oversee that to make sure that these stats get, uh, up to date on Friday nights? Well, I think, I mean, it's going to be, usually it's somebody who's designated from the coaching staff that does it. Um, and you know, both teams are responsible for putting in their own stats. That's the way it works now. Unless a team has an official scorebook or somebody who's keeping stats in the press box, I mean, I can imagine at some bigger schools that wouldn't be hard. Um, the game I've ever covered, uh, like running, I mean, I, you know, by the end of the game, I could tell you exactly what happened on every down. 
um, just the way that I do it. But most teams have somebody who's tracking stats, and all we ask them to do is take that information and plug it into a system. Um, and it's been, you know, it's worked for Max Preps for a long time, and that's what that's kind of what we're going for. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I, we're counting on the coaches to do it, and if they don't, then uh, it'll probably be me. And I'll just have to have just the biggest jug of coffee ever. Every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do bring up an interesting point, though, Tyler, something that may be missing, and we, you mentioned Max Prep there. Uh, the picking running back this past season, Cameron Thomas, at the end, like once when the numbers were all compiled, certainly you could keep an eye on it, uh, which we were because he's in our own backyard here and just a phenomenal – he was a phenomenal football player for picking. And you could see where he was ranked in the state. You could see where he was ranked nationally. But there were never right. even – look, I'm talking to a Cleveland here in Mississippi. There were no no pitchers to go with it, so to speak, no scores <laughs> around what he was doing week in and week out. You just kept seeing – okay, he's leading our state. Wait, no, he's leading the nation. And then at the end of the year, they did, I think, maybe some uh, like a video montage or something with it. But, man, that would have been kind of neat to see week six or seven for this guy here in Picayune, Mississippi, he's leading the nation in, in rushing yard. Yeah, I remember doing it with the, uh, the, little, the little running back from uh, PCS a couple of years ago. His name escapes me. He had a great story. His house burned down like the week before signing day or something like that. Isaiah. Yeah, I Isaiah, remember. So he ended up walking on maybe at Ole Miss. He did. He walked on at Ole Miss. Yeah. And he was a and he, he was a really good player in high school. And uh, but he but he was at one point leading the nation in rushing. Um, and I remember covering that story for the player and ledger in the Hattiesburg American. Um, and it's just right now, it's just not. You know, it's for whatever reason, it's just not there. Um, and so that's the that's the gap that we want to fill. Uh, we want to be the place you can go to to find stories like that and, you know, consistently. So, you know, every day there's going to be something different. So if you go on a Monday uh, after a game, you know, if you if you go back on Tuesday, there's, it's, it's completely new news. You know, it may be on the state on Monday and on Tuesday we may have, uh, a, a spotlight on one guy that's the athlete of the week. Um, we're still, we, you know, this is all brand new. We're we're still bouncing ideas off the wall, but I can guarantee you that there's going to be content throughout the week uh, that will be geared towards the games and the players. And so when you, you know, you'll be able to get that fixed during the week as well as on, you know, a Friday and Saturday. And Tyler, I'll ask this. It's just something I'm curious about when I look at, at Jeff and I's numbers here for the podcast when it comes to listeners. I don't know our state. We can talk about, um, you know, a picking Popperville matchup and have both of those coaches on, or we may have somebody, a national writer. And that those two coaches talking about that local matchup just register for whatever reason. Like this state, in, I would say, uh, in particular, I may be off on that, but loves their uh, high school sports uh, overall and particularly on Friday nights in the fall. Oh, yeah, big time. Um, I know that's why I've always, I mean, you know, I've had opportunities to leave Mississippi and just never did. It's been it's so, it's it's got a great sports tradition 
Um, and like I was saying earlier, uh, and I don't know if it was before we were recording or not, but I love the spirit you see on the sidelines on a Friday night. I mean, the smaller the town, the more they care. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just, sure. <laughs> and it's, and I mean, you, that, that kind of passion, I mean, you know, you can cover the Super Bowl. Uh, the World Series or whatever, but the passion is, is no, is, there's, it's not, it's not, it's not any more intense at, in any of those venues than it is on a high school football game um, on a Friday night in Mississippi. And I, and you know, and God bless it, we've got great. <laughs> on top of the football, we've got fantastic baseball. I mean, sure. we produce baseball prospects, and we've got fantastic baseball. The co- you know, college baseball here is great, which you know gets more kids into the game. And, uh, you know, we're coming up in soccer, uh, you know, basketball is kind of hit or miss there, but, but we've got, that's, a, that's great players, great teams, really good coaches in this state. Um, and, you know, you get to know them, uh, and you start figuring out who the good guys are and you, you know, it's, it's hard not to pull for them because they're just genuinely good people. Um, and that's, that's been always been my thing about Mississippi is it's people, um, you know, I think we saw to the earth, uh, some of the best people around. Yeah. You mentioned, uh, basketball in particular. Now that's the spot. Now, if you do have a paper that they may not send somebody to something that you're interested in. And I've got two go-to guys on, on Twitter and we've had Lavelle on uh, the show a couple of times. He's one of them. But other than those two guys, I can wait a while before I can find a score <laughs> of a matchup in the North end of the state or even right in Jackson, which is unheard of with the hotbed of talent that they've had for years, but that you'll certainly be able to fill a gap in that sport as well. Yeah, we're excited about it. I mean, I just, you know, I know everything's up in the air right now when they're going to be able to play, but whenever it happens, um, we're, we're just ready to go. I'm so excited about it. Um, basketball is, you know, it's been, it's probably my behind baseball, probably my favorite to actually like cover live because at a basketball game I mean you could be watching you know just two teams that are kind of middle of the road somebody is going to do something during that basketball game that is going to make you say wow you know what I mean it's just the athleticism it's a great game and Mississippi produces great athletes Um, but I'll tell you this it gets a lot more interesting after the football guys jump in there Sure. Well, and ask them, too, about having those rosters uh, uploaded and see, hey, well, somebody started out one and four, but the football team's still playing, so you better look out. So that's just an interesting twist. And so, Tommy, we're we're not going to put you on the spot, but you've mentioned the partnerships and the guys and gals that you're working with to get this underway. Do you have any insight on what we're potentially looking at? We know that we've shaved – uh, the front two weeks off of this season, but then we also see the number of COVID cases uh, continuing to rise in our state. Um, your thoughts, and, and whether it be inside information or just opinion on what we're looking like uh, for football season or for all fall sports? Well, I'll start by saying I have pretty much zero insight. Uh, the folks that make those decisions, the executive committee of the MHSAA, you know, like you said, they met, decided to cut the first two weeks off the seasons. Um, you know, they've also got volleyball and swimming that they pushed back as well. Um, but the, 
you know, I don't, as, as of right now, the executive committee is not supposed to meet again before the start of the football season. So if they do, if they, if they are going to meet, it's going to be a special call meeting, which has not happened yet. Um, since they made the announcement to push the, you know, the season back, we've had, you know, over a thousand cases in like six out of seven days since that date. So, you know, they said that they would change if the situation changed and with them, you know, almost a, a full month to go now, we're going to find out how true that statement is because the situation is already different than it was a week and a half ago. Um, and who knows what it's going to look like in the next month. Uh, I will say every day that we get a report um, that is not good, my head drip, droops just a little bit more, mm-hmm. you know, because um, I, I really I really would like to I think more than anything, I think people need something to come together around. And, you know, sports has always been that thing for us. Um, and so without it, we're kind of, you know, left at the keyboard getting mad at our neighbor because he's not doing what he's supposed to do or he is, you know. Sure. Um, <laughs> so I, I, that's why I want it so bad. But you guys will get a kick out of this. So the company SB Live, they're based out of Washington State. And they were asking me about whether I thought MHSAA would move the sports to the, move football to the spring. And I said, well, what do you do with basketball? And they said, well, they would move that to the spring too. And I said, so you're going to play football, basketball, and baseball at the same time now? And he was like, well, he was, he was like, yeah, I think that's what they might do in California. And I said, <laughs> I said, I said, you guys should really come down here and see what yeah. like. we can't play these seasons at the same time. Uh, you know, we, we wouldn't have enough players to field a, a basketball sure. team or a baseball team or whatever. I mean, all our kids are we're, we're sports crazy. You know, sure. kids are not they're not specializing at twelve like they are in California. No. At least not for the most part. Not even coaches. I mean, we your coaches would be spread and referee. Mm-hmm. Every, I mean, we'd be so spread thin with with any of it moving. That that's just yeah, just a huge dilemma. That's when we had Don on. We've had him on twice now, I guess, in the last month and a half. And Jeff and I yeah. both told him we don't envy him or that group that's trying to decide. I don't know that there's a good choice or decision. I know that some have listened and say, Clay, you, you don't sound like you want it to take place. And it's not It's not that. It's just I don't know that there's a, a good choice to be made in this, honestly. Right. Well, that's, a, that's the thing is, um, you know, I I see a lot of that people saying that, you know, people are just being negative or that they only want positive news or whatever. But here's the deal. If we were getting positive news, we wouldn't still be talking about it. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't still be wondering whether things were going to happen or how people were going to react. And, you know, at some point you do have to kind of take stock and say, all right, well, there's, you know, a thousand people in the hospital with COVID. Maybe we shouldn't do whatever. Maybe we shouldn't play games or we shouldn't have fans or whatever degree it is you're willing to go to or whatever the topic is. But for me, um, you know, if there's a way that we can play the games and it can be safe and we can keep people from, we can keep the games themselves from spreading the virus, then I am all for it. As soon as someone presents that plan, please, uh, you know, if you've got it and you're hiding it in your back pocket, we got about a month to go it's time for you to come out with it because right now uh, it just doesn't look great 
with the numbers turning the way they are. Uh, but I'm not giving up yet. I'm still working on these team previews for the high school football season. I really want to see it happen. So you mentioned something there, Tyler. You're holding out on a team preview. So will there be um, – I mean, I can remember even to pick you an item locally for our three schools being able to put your hands on something and look at a roster or schedule and then five or six paragraph preview on each team. Are, are y'all looking at potentially doing some string, stringers across the state on giving some previews on teams? Yes, that is what I'm working on right now. Um, I've been knocking out a bunch of them myself, um, having conversations with coaches all over the state. If you're listening and I haven't talked to you, I'll, hopefully it'll get to you soon. Um, I don't know how many of them I'll be able to get done before football season, to be honest, because it's just so little time left. Um, but I am working on getting as many of them as I can to be sure that a program like Picayune will certainly be one. Um, and we're just going to try to hit as many as we can. Um, and I, to be honest, you had to hold off on it for so long. You just sure. don't know what's going to happen. Um, but I'm working on them now. Uh, I've, I've seen enough to know that, you know, the, the numbers don't mean everything. Um, you know, it doesn't seem to matter how many cases we get. We're still, we're still chugging along. So if they're going to play, we're going to have it. Um, so that's what we're working on. You mentioned the state newspaper, and one thing that stands out in my mind, this is where your where your mind kind of goes in, in a pandemic, but my son and I were looking at a list of something in the family. It was like a top 25 cereals of all time or whatever. And so I'm getting to the dandy dozen list in a roundabout way. Uh, list or player, I mean, that just seems to grab so many people across the state and has uh, really a strong tie. And even as – uh, the newspaper industry has done what it's done over the year. You still, a dandy dozen, uh, still catches your attention. Some things mm-hmm. like that, Tyler, some 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 lists that may grab, and not to say that it's clickbait, but it certainly gets people's attention. Well, it's funny you should mention that because I, uh, so two days ago I published, I think it was the top 10 wide receivers in Mississippi. Um, and yesterday I published the top, DBs in Mississippi, top 10 DBs going into the season. And next, uh, I think it's tomorrow, I've got scheduled the top 10 quarterbacks. So I had this conversation with uh, Tony Hughes the other day, and I called him to pick his brain about something. Mm-hmm. And we he got to talking about the, you know, the Clarion Ledger and the Dandy Dozen. And he said, you know, I've always thought it should be like the – the Super 22 or something. He's like, the dozen just doesn't seem to get it, you know? And I was mm-hmm. like, well, you know, that's a good point, Coach. But, you know, he's like, there's some really good kids out there that get left off the list. And I was like, I was like I'm going to tell everybody on Twitter that Tony Hughes is a big participation <laughs> trophy guy. Um, <laughs> he got a kick out of that. But, no, it's basically what we want to do is I'm going to do it position by position to start the season. Um, and then we'll see how that goes. Um, and you know, I've always, I've, I've had a hand in the Danny dozen before. It's, uh, it's, it's really cool to see the guys when they all get together in Jackson for the photo shoot mm-hmm. and stuff, which is what we used to do at Memorial Stadium. And we had, you know, we'll have a, some, a special guest speaker come talk to them. And that was always something that I really enjoyed being a part of just to see the look on their faces and to, and you know, it's like, 
the 12 best football players in Mississippi in one place at one time, and it's before the season, so they're all trash-talking each other. And, mm-hmm. like, you know, getting to know each other, sure. and most of them know each other already, but, you know, the ones that don't get to know each other a little bit, and then they keep in touch, and it's just, it's a it's a cool process. Um, it really is. And I've always enjoyed stuff like that. And, you know, if things could change if we get to a point where we can all gather. Um, I would love to have every, you know, something like that. Um, but in the meantime, you know, uh, I think highlighting, if you do it by position group and you're highlighting, you know, at least, you know, what, 60, 60 kids or so, um, and, and, you know, putting them, putting their name out there and putting their name, you know, there may be the 10th best quarterback in Mississippi and the number one quarterback. There's a big difference between those two. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, so it's it's just cool to get them out there and get them on these, uh, you know, get their names out there and, and let people know that there's more than one. Um, and the kids at the bottom of the list may be a better story, you know. They may be sure. the kid that's working for the scholarship. The other guy's got 13 offers. Um, well, so. well, and you mentioned the story, the 2A and the 3A and the 4A. Uh, you know, 6A and 5A get so much a, attention, and rightfully so in some respects, but there's some great storylines uh, in these different A's that it sounds like y'all are going to be able to get to, which is really exciting for a high school sports fan in Mississippi. Yeah, I'm committed. I mean, I'm, that's what that's what I told them up front. I said, I'll do this, but I want to cover uh, I want to cover everything and I want to try to do uh, the little, the smaller schools, you know, just as much. I mean, there's, there's great stories there too. Um, and so we're going to, I'm committed to covering at least, you know, two or three smaller schools every week. Um, and then, you know, we'll have a roundup and we'll have a poll similar to the, the way it's set up now with the super 10 and the divisions and then like a, a little 10. Um, so we're going to, you know, we're, we're going to do that. And, you know, I want people from across the state, anybody who hears this, if you're watching a game on a Friday night and a kid goes off, I don't care if it is Mount Olive or Madison Central. I want you to send us the information on the kid, uh, so that we can do something. Um, cause that's what we're about is highlighting, you know, the athletes when they go above and beyond. That's awesome. Awesome to hear, man. And I can't wait uh, to see what it produces. And I'm glad uh, that they've made a good hire in yourself, somebody that's uh, connected, that knows what's going on around here, and that has the respect of the coaches and the association. So I'm I'm happy about it. I can't wait for it. And I think if this has worked out as well for you as it has us, that we can do this, you know, as the football season, we've got my fingers crossed, gets underway. Maybe we can get together at least once a month on this show and, and see where y'all are and, and kind of hit on some stories that are out there and just catch up. I'd love to, man. I'd love to. You ought to have, you ought to have me and Rick on. We'll do a roundtable. There you go. That sounds good. We, look, we ain't going to pass up a chance to have Rick Cleveland on the show, so you won me there, and um, we can't wait to see what SB Live has in store for us and, and the work that you're going to do. So you'll hear back from us, hopefully, uh, when it's about mid-October and we have some games that we can talk about that have been played and some stories that have already been written. Well, let's hope so, buddy. Appreciate Thank you, you guys. Tyler. All right, take it easy.